Welcome to the European CME Forum podcast. European CME Forum is a not-for-profit organization that promotes multi-channel discussion on matters relating to European and global CME CPD. My name is Eugene Posniak. I'm the program director of European CME Forum. In today's episode, Arthur Cannon, Dale Cummerley, and Christian Klaus Roth present highlights from a plenary session led by Ava Tullman during last year's 13th annual meeting of the European CME Forum. The focus of today's episode is Evolving Collaborations Between Medical Societies and Industry in the Digitalization of Congresses. First, we'll hear from Arthur Cannon of Roche. And uh, as we look at it from a, an uncertainty perspective, the uncertainty is really threefold, in my opinion. One is looking at it from the concept of, you know, what does industry want to develop as an asset for a virtual Congress that we really haven't had much experience in? Uh, two, you know, how does that asset work in an educational capacity? You know, do we just go one-to-one, you know, what we had done in the physical, we should do in the virtual? Um, and then three, there was really a compliance aspect to the discussion because, you know, when you have an, a Congress in Spain uh, and then you make it something virtual coming out of Switzerland, uh, you know, the applicability of the laws changes uh, because of the nature of the event being virtual. Um, so, so just to speak a little bit about the uncertainty, you know, our biggest challenge, I think, was we didn't know what the platform looked like nor its functionality. So when you try to talk to your internal teams and industry, you know, you're trying to explain something that doesn't exist yet. So it's very challenged to understand, you know, whether it's a useful investment, um, how useful is it? Um, and then also looking at it from an educational perspective, you know, people are no longer in the city for, you know, an entire three days. So what is it that they're accessing when they do get on the computer on a weekend when they're home with their families and, and what are they taking away from that interaction? And then I think very importantly, you know, the compliance aspects, um, you know, if you're paying for a virtual exhibit, um, you know, that's not the same thing as paying for, you know, a thousand square, uh, you know, feet of space on an exhibit floor. So you have to sort of change the, um, you know, the investments that are required to meet the, the needs of a, of a new community, a virtual community. Christian Klaus Roth of Novartis. So what we did is we put, you know, very, very quickly a short working group together, which consists of national associations um, and, and industry to look into what is our current problem. It is the identification of an appropriate code against which we can review material and make sure that, you know, we do the right activities and we follow our commitment you know, to ethical standards and to, to good quality. Um, and, you know, we try to, to keep it as straightforward as possible, knowing that we only had a few months because we knew, you know, this was actually something we needed to implement quickly. Um, and we had to avoid that everybody was going off in sort of, you know, an you know, independent, different direction, making assumptions, making judgment calls on their own. So we really try to look into what does the code stipulate, What's the current understanding? What are the risks related to those activities? And how could we, in the short term, you know, mitigate those um, those risks? What we did was we issued, or the IFP made together with FBI and Pharma in the US, issued this position paper, 
which is, you know, you, you can see this, there's a slide actually in the presentation where you can see we have embedded all the different links accessible to all of you. Um, so we have said, you know, and this was a commitment we made to ourselves that we're gonna, you know, wanna look into the learnings of the first, you know, six months with the document. What do we see? What do we learn? You know, what does work? What doesn't work? Um, and then to go back and really, you know, reassess, do we see other risks coming up which we need to address? Are there other areas where clearly our guidance wasn't sufficiently detailed? Do we need to elaborate a little bit more? Are there things in it which are maybe not necessarily applicable? So what we did as well, maybe to share, you know, we did talk with, with when the document came out, we, we, you know, had discussions and we tried to reach out to as many as possible um, you know, partners in the ecosystem and stakeholders. So, for example, we reached out through a letter to all medical associations, uh, which we knew from an IPCA perspective, we offered, you know, TCs to explain it. We did reach out to ICA, IAPCO. We had further discussion within IPCA members um, and, uh, and, and other industry associations. So really a lot of efforts to make sure that we listen as well to feedback and that we truly live our commitment to an open, transparent discussion with everybody. And, you know, that we would have people around the table for the second version or the updated version, which we are now starting to put together. I personally, I mean, you know, initial reaction is I think, you know, it actually is to fine tune and better understand what we can and cannot do in the virtual world to better understand technology. Um, what we have seen as well, what actually has created some questions is, you know, the applicability of, you know, of the codes in virtual setups which are no longer you know truly identifiable you know from an audience perspective and we have seen discussions where people were saying now virtually you know with technology there's so much more what we could do which i personally think is fantastic but our document was sort of written under the assumption you know that the congress moves from a live version into a virtual one and then you know what are the implications i think that's one thing i think the other one is obviously you know with I, I, from my personal, you know, gut feel, and we did a survey together with Ashfield, by the way, about, you know, ATP feedback of the first six months of Congresses and, you know, what was the initial reaction? What did people appreciate? What would they like to see and to change? I think most likely for the future that a hybrid, you know, sort of setup will maybe be the most likely format what we're going to see. And then here, you know, it is really to identify and to understand how could those things, you know, work and you know what is the appropriate way of how to manage them so maybe those would be from my side and then from a society perspective i think it's the change within industry how we participate and i think that's maybe you know to learn or to to maybe come to a different model how those congresses are maybe supported or financed because i think you know that will change as well if we have for example in future more hybrid models, I don't think that industry, this is not just, you know, very personal thoughts, but maybe, you know, I don't think that industry will always be in a position to invest into a full-blown virtual version and a full-blown live version. I think we need to, you know, understand maybe better, and this is a broad discussion, you know, uh, how could those things look like? Dale Cumberley of GAME. So these are the areas where we are actually looked at asking questions and transparency really was the, the first one that we talked about. And, you know, clearly at the very top of all of the various different workshops was having clear roles and responsibilities. Um, I, I do think that a lot of this does apply in the COVID area, especially when you're talking about one of the top concerns, which is having clear roles and responsibilities. It's no matter where you are, whether you're doing it virtual or you're doing it, you know, through live meetings, uh, you need to have those clear, uh, clearly defined. Um, I think one of the differences, and this came up in each of the workshops that we had, was the need to 
you know, to build those relationships with the collaboration partners. And a lot of that was considered necessary to be done in person. Uh, and that is the stuff that's going to change. But I think really nowadays with, you know, platforms such as what we're on now, where we're using video much more readily than we did before, that these, uh, these you know, can be substitutes for us uh, to get that at least human aspect to, uh, to the collaboration and get people to see each other at least, uh, especially if you haven't worked together before in a collaboration. I, I think there's a number of avenues that we have to share best practices. I think we had a session earlier where we had the sharing of outcomes uh, reports uh, through the JECME article or JECME journal. Um, I think that's one where one place where we can share success stories. Um, I think you know one of the things that we're looking to do with with this information is uh, to share it on the game website so that this will become a white paper uh, that we can write up uh, how to do you know what we found out at least about some of the important. Uh, aspects, the transparency, barriers, etc. cetera. Uh, but we do need to share these success stories. I mean, I have uh, experience myself with two large international collaborations between pharma, uh, specialty societies, as well as medical education companies, and not just one medical education company, but multiple different education companies working together with their specialties uh, within a specific collaboration. So I think sharing those kinds of stories and that the fact that those things can be done. Uh, and then there's a lot of learnings from those too, what, what worked and what didn't work that could be useful for uh, future uh, collaborations. Christian Klaus wrote, I think one of the things we could maybe improve as an industry is to obtain a better alignment amongst us. Um, you know, we do have seen, you know, that we do all good of efforts, you know, to align, but I think it would be, there's still room for improvement to get to a better alignment within our own industry that we are, you know, walking with, you know, the talk with, you know, sort of one voice and that we, you know, maybe clarify in-house the points where we might have diverging views that we can come to, you know, a bit of a broader industry position. I think that will be very helpful for our external partners, namely, you know, medical societies, specialty societies and others, you know, if our industry would be a bit better aligned. Yeah, getting very clear on, you know, some of the topics, for instance, interactions in a virtual versus a physical, you know, what are the tools, you know, how do you make that happen? I mean, you could uh, see an interaction where you have some people on virtual and some people meeting face to face at the same meeting at the Congress. So I think it's a, an area of, of great opportunity to mix disciplines, uh, uh, virtual evaluations, instructional designers, how to optimize that. So looking forward to it. I think there has been in the past maybe a sort of a certain perception of what we want to do as an industry and why we do things. And I think there's an opportunity really to, you know, enter in a more you know, robust discussion and maybe more detailed one to really listen to each other views and to be as transparent as possible about, you know, what we're doing here. I think one thing for me is, you know, is very key. I mean, <clears throat> we are all in, you know, in this, you know, together, this is for us, you know, a joint activity. I mean, it's, a, we are all suffering or impacted by, you know, what we, what we, uh, what we experience. We are attending Congresses all for the benefit of medical education of patients and, you know, of, you know, to enhance science. And, you know, this is all our, I think, very shared commitments. So I think we should have an open discussion in maybe different formats, you know, maybe, you know, outside of the current formats of Congresses, but maybe set up dedicated sessions to have this discussion, to listen to the different views, the expectations, the objectives, 
and to really find the common ground and then move from there, um, you know, be into the right direction. The session chair, Ava Talman of Janssen. She's also chair of the IPACME group and chair of the FPA working group on medical education. Now this, this, this makes a lot of sense and I think the European CME Forum is also a very nice platform um, and, and to, to discuss and to get the opinions of, of other experts in the field too. But I have the feeling at the moment we are going back to measure quantity, how much do we reach and not so much quality. And, and I think we also need to start to understand uh, how does digital from a learning outcome perspective, how do we do the right design? Dale, is this something you would like to elaborate on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we will get back to talking about numbers, like you said, but I think also one of the things that we have to grapple with is the, the reach and the greater reach that we're getting with with these virtual type of conferences. I mean, so I'm aware of one conference that happened in the US where they normally get around 10,000, 12,000 attendees, which because it went totally virtual and free, now had you know 35,000. And so, you know, you have to think about, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a numbers game, but at the same time, that many more people got educated. Yeah. And 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 we had some of these observations too. So we have another four minutes and I would like to start with my last question to all of you and this is a little this is actually a question what did we learn in 2020 and what from your perspective is an outlook to 2021 and maybe if I'm allowed I start with Dale. Outlook for 2021 um, I think it's very interesting that we've seen a huge uh, a huge uptick in remote work and the ability for people to do remote work and that uh, people are actually very productive in remote work. Um, I have been fortunate in my career uh, when I was in field medical, I was a remote worker for 14 plus years. So you get into a pattern and you know how to do that. Uh, it's new for a lot of people, but I think that uh, some people are going to want to return in 2021 to work uh, in an office environment, uh, but I think a lot of people are going to want to remain working remotely because they are productive and it helps with the work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Dale. Can I go on to Asa? What is your outlook to 2021 or your learning from 2020? Yeah, I, you know, I think we're all coming to grips with the idea that 2021 could look a lot like 2020 in terms of virtual congresses. And uh, I'm not sure that was so clear, you know, five months ago. And um, so there's a mindset shift, I think, as an organization of medical societies and pharmaceutical companies. Um, and I think what you know, really 2021 should look like is, you know, really carving out some time uh, between the parties uh, to ex in accepting that everything is new, but we all need to work together to build the tools that will allow us to connect from an educational perspective, from a uh, developing trust perspective in this environment. So I, I can see those types of meetings uh, being more prevalent in the planning of how we do this. And uh, I think virtual meetings will be with us you know, past 2021 as well. Uh, so, um, you know, I think we're building a good path towards the future of Congresses in general. 
Thank you, Arthur. And last but not least, Christian, what is your outlook? Okay, maybe quick reflection on 2020. Amazed how fast we adapted. I think none of us did really experience or expected we would be so fast and maybe as well so successful. And that then leads me to 2021. I think, to be honest with you, there is still personally seen a lot what we could do. I think we have at the moment translated live events into purely virtual scenarios. But looking at all the feedback, what we see and what we hear, technology, I think maybe it's an opportunity as well as Arthur said in 2021 to sit together with all partners and stakeholders and to really sort of a little bit rediscuss in the virtual world, you know, what would be maybe ideal, what would be maybe, you know, even better to explore further. So I think the openness for 2021 to continue our joint journey uh, would be great. That was Ava Talman, Arthur Cannon, Dale Cumley, and Christian Klausroth discussing the evolution of collaborations between medical societies and industry in the digitalization of congresses. This episode is particularly relevant to the JECME 2021 special collection on digitization of continuing education in the health professions, which is inviting article submissions until 17th of September 2021. If you would like to learn more about this topic, you can now register for the 14th Annual Meeting and gain access to the complete archive of last year's 13th Annual European CME Forum, consisting of all the plenary and workshop sessions with over 18 hours of CME CPD content from a faculty of 70 experts in European and global CME. More information on the upcoming 14th Annual European CME Forum and this year's JECME Special Collection can be found on our website, cmeforum.org. Thank you for listening and join us for more episodes as we explore all things CME CPD. Music